Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. How are you doing? I'm okay. I had a cold this week, or what is currently known as thinking that you have COVID when you don't have COVID panic. (laughs) Um, I took three COVID tests, all neg. Thank you very much. But it feels very lame to have like a cold in August. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, so you took three? Last time we talked, that you had taken two. And so you got a third one in there. Yes, because I went immediately, the first day that I was feeling really bad and the the big red flag for me was I was achy and I'm normally not achy, but I guess now I'm just like old. Like this is my first cold as like an adult. I don't know. But I was so achy and I dragged myself to the same day testing and got both a rapid and a PCR. And that's what I had texted you. I was like, I'm getting two tests. And of course, you just I just like convinced myself that I had COVID and I was so freaked out. And then both the rapid one that came back 30 minutes later was negative. And then the one that came back way later that night was also negative. But then the next morning, which was yesterday, I woke up feeling so bad. So I went to urgent care right away. And they just immediately upon seeing you give you a COVID test. They just mm-hmm. like, that's like their protocol now. You like fill out a sheet while they're like swabbing your nose. And that one was negative too. So that like gave me peace of mind at least to kind of get three different resources. And the doctor was like, there is a cold going around, like a good old fashioned cold. And people are freaked out because it has so many similar symptoms. But yeah. So I'm, but I'm a trooper. I'm on medication and I watched a whole season of Survivor. Wow. I'm a better person for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tony was like, if you want, I will gift you the opportunity to watch a season of Survivor while I'm at work because normally we watch together, but that was great. And you know what else sucked though? Normally what I watch when I'm sick and the reason he even brought up Survivor, it's so stupid. But when I got my tonsils out in high school, I watched every single episode of Say Yes to the Dress on TLC, like ever made. And so I have this like comfort in watching a very silly show about wedding dresses when I'm sick, but the TLC app like wouldn't let me watch Say Yes to the Dress and I was miserable, (laughs) which is stupid. But how do they? That's so annoying. I also like we I watch shows with Mike too and it's gotten to the point where like every show we're watching is together and I've had to put my foot down and being like I am watching this Disneyland ride series behind the scenes by myself. And he was like <laughs> so upset about it and then he just went and like watched it on his own too and he was like yeah that first episode is <laughs> pretty bad, right? And then I was like yes, but I am still continuing to watch it by myself. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to put your foot down. That's you need funny. to watch some things on your own. You can't just hang all of your TV watching on when you guys are together. Then you'll never watch anything. That's why we can't no. freaking watch Dave on time because we're never, you know, <laughs> we got to watch it together. Anyway. Oh my gosh. By the way, I babysat um, Taylor's dog the other day and he was very sad. Fredo was very sad when she left <laughs> for a little bit. And so I was like, you know what we can do? We can put mom on the TV and we put, your, we put your episode on. And he was like, mom, like he like didn't know where it was coming from. It was very sweet. I That's think it calmed so him down. Cute. <laughs> He's such a cutie. He also wouldn't let you go to bed. He was like, okay, That's if Alyssa's true. going to bed, I'm going to bed as well. And you were like, no, but that's, that's Fredo. <laughs> it was very sweet. Um, he's a very good dog. Very easy to babysit. Sweet pup. Okay. Should we get into this week 
of reality TV. Yes. We finally got a good, like, juicy Bachelorette episode. Yes, we've got a juicy, juicy Bachelorette episode. I took for granted how much it doesn't, like, affect me, and I watched it late Monday night as I was, like, planning. I was like, I'll watch it, and then I'll go to sleep, and it'll be lovely. And then Greg got me so riled up. I was, like, (laughs) steamed in bed. I was so mad. I was so angry, and Tony was like, you shouldn't be so angry. This is stupid. And I was like, oh, I know it's stupid. And I know that the reason it's stupid is because of Greg being stupid. And I was so mad. Um, how did this? Uh, how did this make you feel, Alyssa? I'm so shocked that people are like torn about this. Like, it's really. I mean, it. it, it I feel like I'm being gaslit by Bachelor Nation. Honestly, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so sure that he was the villain in this. I recognized so much of this behavior as like controlling boyfriend behavior and it was like the first you know red flag and thank god that it's like all on camera so she can go back and be like oh yeah that wasn't me being unreasonable that was him being like not a great guy sorry no and people are going hard for greg it's crazy it's nuts i don't under i think that a big part of the misunderstanding and a lot of what the pro gregers are arguing is the initial incident of like Katie not being an active enough listener to Greg pouring his heart out, which was the, let's say like night, the first night, night one. And you can, you can have empathy for Greg's like perspective in that situation, right? You could be like, oh, wow, I get how he would feel super self-conscious or sensitive about a sort of lacking response from Katie at this point. The that's not the gaslighting part, people. Like that's not it, and that has nothing to do. With, like <laughs> this coming back and using that, and then a bunch of made up shit to throw this sort of thesis in her face that she hasn't been good enough to him, and she doesn't deserve him from her behavior in the entire process. That's what's gaslighting her, and when she finally corners him into. I'm sorry, was I, how can I make this up to you? I, I sincerely apologize for not making you feel heard in yeah. that moment. What can I do? He was like, it's not even about that. It's about you not even being Katie, which is gibberish, which is language he's making up that has no meaning to anybody other than him so that she's completely powerless and actually making him feel any better. And he can victimize himself and leave and blame the whole thing on her. How is anybody seeing that interaction as anything other than that? I'm confused. It's also just like, I feel like people are giving him a total pass for like essentially wanting to delete the experience of the show. Because to me, it's very reasonable that like, she's never been in this position before. She does, you know, she's getting pulled in a million different ways that we can't see. Like she has a contract with ABC. There's producers trying to, you know, guide her for what they think the most entertaining show is, but they're probably representing it. Like this is the right way to handle this situation. You know, like she's Mm -hmm. being manipulated. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, you know, it seemed like she had really decided, okay, the best way not to lead anyone on is to not say I love you to multiple people because we've seen how that's blown up on The Bachelor. And I can totally understand how she was like inside, like very excited, but trying to be very careful about what she's promising to people at this stage. But she did Mm -hmm. say so many things that like you, if you see The Bachelorette say them, you know that that person is the person. Like even just telling your family, like, hey, normally people can't promise anything to families. And she was like, yeah. hey, I can definitely tell you Greg is getting a rose. Like, he, you know, like I, and he was saying that we've talked about moving to New York together. Like, all of that stuff, I, I just have a hard time believing that, like, she was playing him and she was doing that with everybody. And he just, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he just didn't want to, He wanted to be the bachelor. He just didn't want to be with her. I really don't think that's what it is. I think he can't handle like not having control over someone he's dating. You know what I mean? Yeah. It did seem like a little bit of a spiral over a genuine freak out at this stage of the game. Like it did feel a little bit like that. Yeah. A lack of control. A a, He did say it. There was parts he was like, I'm confused. That did seem real to me. (laughs) It's like, I'm just so confused, but it's like, bro, you got to calm down and release that, that control. Exactly. 
Um, I also feel like if I'm in her shoes, like you're saying, there's all these, this pressure coming from producers that I'm sure is like, Greg is pretty much a front runner. This is getting pretty boring. Like, let's be careful about how front runnery Greg is coming off. And you're also, she just had these like really breaking the fourth wall, breaking the rules conversations with his family. And then to seconds later, turn around and have a conversation with him. She might've just accidentally like overcorrected a little bit and policed herself too much with the language that she was using because she was like, shit, I just like totally told the mom, basically, I want to marry her son. Uh, and so it's just, I also, I got a sense in that conversation that Katie did see a little bit of like that first night, it felt sort of like a tantrum when they were in the dark room, having the conversation and he was like, Mm -hmm. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I appreciated that she, in that moment felt pretty strong to me. She was like, we've talked about this. I don't understand why you're freaking out. Like I, she like stayed pretty level-headed and calm. And I wonder if there was a little bit of her being like, oh, I don't like this. Like, this is not something that I like. This freak yeah. out is not, I'm not into this. Because there's a difference that, between a guy you love freaking out and you're like, it's okay because I love him and he's freaking out and a guy that you're into and then he starts to freak out and you're like, oh God, no, yeah. no, no, I also kind of wonder, like, as you're saying that, if she had, if that, if some of that had happened like behind the scenes and it just didn't make it on camera yet. You know, like Mm. it's, I I just really feel like, to me, this is such, I'm sorry to sound so dramatic. I feel like I call everyone a narcissist, but this is like a textbook. (laughs) Like I'm not getting what I want out of you. So I'm going to throw a fit and make you feel so bad and threaten to leave you. So you beg me to stay like, that's what happened in my view. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, I, I mean, maybe she had seen some signs about that like if she had had to calm him down like this before maybe he was getting a little like but it's me right so why why are we still doing this and I just personally feel like that's completely unfair to her because we've just had a season of The Bachelorette and look I'm not the biggest fan of Katie you guys know this we didn't we didn't love this season I just think like you know we just had Claire Crowley like blow up an entire season And we had Clayton, like, pick a girl before the end of the season. And I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on her to carry out the agreement that she had by signing up for this. And it's just, like, really unfair to characterize it as, like, well, if if she really loved him, then she would have just left and picked him. It's like, yeah, and if he really loved her, he would have respected what she was going through. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, let her and let her do this the way she wanted to do it but yeah I guess also there's also a possibility of, that he like got freaked out that she was gonna fuck two other guys next week so I don't know <laughs> true two things I think a lot fewer people would have been on her side if Greg had been a girl and Katie had been a man and I think there would have been a lot less empathy honestly a lot of more of the I, it, I just like don't think people would be on female Greg's side Secondly, you accidentally called Colton Clayton. Oh, Clayton. Is Clayton? What am I doing? I don't know. I'm just like terrible with the Bachelorette <laughs> and the Bachelor Clayton. contestants' names. Clayton is the name of the bad guy in Tarzan. And Tarzan has to learn how to say, and he goes, Clayton, when he hears gunshots. Wow. <laughs> Have you seen Tarzan? <laughs> I have seen Tarzan, but like I don't ever think about Tarzan. So it's good uh, well, to know it seems that you like do. you do, Alyssa. It seems <laughs> like you do. <laughs> Are you talking about the Phil Collins like Disney Tarzan? Or are you talking about yeah, the different yeah. Tarzan? Oh my god. No. Son of man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course I've seen it. We could sing the whole soundtrack right now if we wanted to, honestly. <laughs> One time we, I wanted, Tony hadn't seen it and we were on a long flight somewhere and I was like, oh my God, we should watch Tarzan if you haven't seen Tarzan. So then we're watching Tarzan, like sharing a little laptop. And of course the end happens, which spoiler alert, super sad. And I'm like sobbing on the plane. And then I look over at Tony and he's a fucking sleep. And then he wakes (laughs) up at the credits, like the Phil Collins song is back on. I'm like drowning in my tears on a plane, like trying to be quiet. And he's like, oh, I missed the end. I'm going to, I'm just going to rewind it. And I had to watch the end of Tarzan again, just back to back and just cry (laughs) on top of my tears. It was awful. And I've never (laughs) forgiven him for it. 
that's brutal. I used to, we used to rent the Tarzan like PlayStation video game from Blockbuster. And you, and it, the game was like, you would like surf on tree vines for coins and like swing through oh, the air. Yeah. It was that very sounds cool. vaguely familiar to me. I think I remember seeing that like uh, advertisement because you See, know, I, I would... didn't play video games. Oh yeah. It's very sad. I feel like you missed out, but that's okay. You're <laughs> catching up. Um, I remember up. way more about Tarzan than I do about the bachelor's names. So. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what I mean? I just, I, I don't know. There's like some things in here that I'm like, okay, I understand how that could drive a person crazy, but I'm really seeing like a lot of my ex-boyfriends in this guy. So we can all agree that it is one of the more interesting like feuds or breakups in a while. I will say that. Um, I was really surprised by it. I went from being like, mm, don't really care about Katie's journey to like taking a bullet for Katie. I was like, I don't talk to her like that. I'm so upset. Yeah. I, so that I will say in terms of an episode, wow, we, and I, I wonder too if there was a I I'm suspicious of a deathly combination deadly combination or deathly combination deadly combination of producer meddling and uh, genuine Greg creating self generating his own freak out because if I'm the producers I'm looking at this from the outside is thinking it's going to be like a pretty boring season because it's so obviously Greg so the like setting up Greg so he sees the date with um Blake and and asking uh Greg leading questions to make him feel more self-conscious if that's sort of like poking the bear and they didn't realize that Greg was indeed a bear who was about to blow up sort of led mm -hmm. to this kind of big crazy fight I don't know. That's just me fantasizing about the unreal season of this in my head. No, I mean, I, drama. there's just like absolutely no way that he saw that date on accident. You know, like there's just, there's just not like nothing is an accident. The only thing that's yeah. ever an accident is like, like, for example, if they had been filming from a certain angle and then you saw Greg like very out of focus in the background or he like so clearly like walked through a scene by mistake maybe I would mm. be like okay I guess they got their wires crossed about this like weird desert <laughs> hotel but the fact that it's like I mean it's a fully set up like balcony shot with a straight yeah. shot to Blake and uh Katie like making out in some you know whatever so I I just I do think there was heavy manipulation but I also think that he is just not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, not a good dude. Um, I, I, I've been saying this before this even happened that I like resented how much attention he was getting because I just didn't like it. I like, I hate everything about the fact that he is an actor because I, I've already complained about that enough. I hate that he's, people act like he's such a dreamboat and he's just cute, okay? He's like fine, That's he's it. Like, totally he's fine. fine. Yeah. And now I know because of all this, he's still going to be able to get his dick wet no matter what after this. That yeah. makes me so mad. Oh, and I sent you a Dumois post about it. Did you see it? Oh, that yeah. Some girl was like, no, he dated my best friend and absolutely destroyed her. He is a mental abuser. He is no good. Bad, bad news. And he has openly been trying to get on this show for a long time. That's what so. I was saying. Like, I recognize. So when you sent me that, I was like, am I wrong about this? Like, maybe I'm bringing too much of my own baggage to this situation. And when I read that, he was, like, making this girl. I mean, it wasn't. They didn't name him, but it's obviously him. Making this girl feel bad about wearing a sundress. Like, I just remember one of my boyfriends who was like this. Like, I was wearing a totally normal dress and he got mad at me because I was wearing a thong under it instead of like bigger underwear where like what? if my dress had blown up that like someone would have seen more of my butt. And like, he was really like, you want people to see that. Like it was psychotic. And that is oh the type God. of behavior that I recognize in this person. Or he would get yeah. mad at me for like, painting my nails red because it was like too vampy and I was like oh what's my going God. on in this relationship like it's that I mean that's like an extreme but I'm like this is that kind of guy who's like low-key like sweet and nice and like not very like assertive and then behind the scenes he's like what are you doing you whore and you're like oh my god what's happening <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah 
Um, I don't like Blake sexualizing maple syrup, but I feel like everyone has talked about that. And it's like, you know, it's impractical and not funny. Two of my least favorite things. No, I, uh, I did love, and everybody did. Everybody on Twitter was freaking out with Blake's sister, like busting his balls about this. Uh, which I didn't expect because when Blake first walked into the family room with everybody there, they all just seemed like little Canadian, like clones of Blake. And I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be a, a aggressively annoying scene. But then the sister <laughs> with their one-on-one was like, so, okay, first it was Claire and then it was Tisha. And now I guess it's this girl. Is this the one again? Is that, what, <laughs> is that what's happening? And I was like, yes, bitch. I love that. <laughs> uh, so at least that was funny. And then when it comes to Justin, I'm just like not going to hear anything negative about it. Like I'm just like case closed. He's cute. He's darling. He's so yeah. hot. He did nothing wrong in His my eyes. His poor parents didn't even show up. <laughs> this poor guy. That was, I'm shocked that doesn't <laughs> happen more often. And I also think it's so, so funny that it <laughs> happened for the guy who is obviously not in the running whatsoever. <laughs> like it would have been sort of interesting if it was somebody like Blake, right? And like, of course, if it was somebody like Greg, but it's so, so funny to me that even Justin's parents were like, you're in the top. <laughs> no, we're not coming. <laughs> I'm not gonna like, go Justin, to Arizona for this. <laughs> there is a pandemic. Like she's not choosing you. And he's like, no, I'm really in the running. And they're like, no, that we are professionals who respect ourselves. We will not be appearing on We're TV. Not which honestly be fair. There. Just have a couple of friends come, okay? Have fun, sweetie. I yeah. thought that was so funny. Oh man. But I, I mean, we, I also saw the writing on the wall when those two dates were so short and there was so much left in the episode. I was like, hold up, what's happening here? Um, but that's, that's my two cents on Justin. He is chef's kiss and Justin eating crabs. That's like my sexy shellfish dream. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Wow. man. Well, I'm very excited to see what happens at the finale. We're going to cover it. And then we're also going to go on Trust the Bachelor process and oh, uh, yes. get to talk about it with Sarah, which is going to be fun because I feel like yeah. I scream a lot on that pod, which is great. Just like this one. Yeah. Uh, let's dive into our, our weekly dissertation on Erica Jane with oh, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. God. Well, we didn't get this last week, so I was really like... I'm, you know, you get to a point with the housewives where you're like, this shit better start moving forward. Like, this better not be repetitive. I'm, I yeah. was like very burned by Lucy, Juicy Apple, Goosey, whatever that yeah. dog's name is. But this is like, now I'm fully like, you're, Erica's a criminal. <laughs> like, I yeah. can't, like, she can't even keep her own story straight. No. And she's crumbling. Like, and it's scary. Um, I loved all the comparisons this week online between Garcelle and Eileen from the oh, yeah. freak out uh, over her son like a few years ago where you're just like, oh, I did, had no clue that was going to set you off. Like without mm-hmm. warning in the middle of a conversation, she implodes. And the only difference is this time it had very, the stakes are very, very, very high because it seems as though she's realizing she's said too much on camera and mm-hmm. is having a panic attack. And that is something I have not seen in a while ever. Yeah. <laughs> like a literal panic attack. Like I have yeah. panic attacks. And when I hear people hyperventilating because of them, it makes me scared that I'm going to have a panic attack. And I like was watching that like, oh God, she really fucked up her legal defense. I guess. Yeah. Like, I, okay, so let's unpack this because even if you're not watching, it's so interesting. Obviously, I feel like everyone has to know who listens to this podcast that she's being investigated for fraud because Tom Girardi stole money from his legal victims who had been through like horrible injustices at the hands of corporations um, and what have you. And he just never gave the settlements to the victims. And then now Erica is, you know, he's claiming that he has dementia and so he can't really be tried for this. And Erica is like fully supporting that in this episode. She's like, Mm -hmm. he got into a car crash with a head injury. His personality completely changed. And when you, when you have a head injury, when something's wrong with your brain, like you do things you would never normally do. And I'm like, holy shit. She's just straight up defending him. Like that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, that's what we're watching. Yeah. 
And I feel like if they are talking every day or let's even take her side and let's say she's hearing his voicemails every day, this is a bug in her ear and something that she is consumed with, right? Like she is, it seems like there's like a lot of, a lot of guilt and a lot of responsibility that she still has to him. Like she still owes him this, which in and of itself is an admission of guilt to me. Because as I've said before on the pod, if this guy really did fuck you over the way that she's claiming he did at the beginning of the season, this is not somebody that you're helping his defense, even if it is true. Even if he if what if he was suffering from dementia and his whole body is deteriorating, I wouldn't say fucking peep on my show. I would be all about figuring out my own shit, right? So like this, yeah. this whole thing sort of admits that there is some loyalty there and is the loyalty because you guys did this shit together is it because you found out about it at some point and you promised to help him and he's not, or is there an i'll scratch your back you scratch mine in terms of you guys are helping each other's defense and there's just like a teamwork aspect happening in terms of trying to get out of it it's it's just clear that there is so there is still such a team happening there's a team that exists and so she is cracking to me there were three like big deal egregious things in this episode the first one was um garcelle asked her did you have a heads up about this is this why you got divorced and she says no and she was she was like i'm not a lawyer so like how you know i don't know about any of this and and whoever she was talking to i think it was garcelle or rena was like oh well, that's good right and she's like it's very good then later in the episode, she turns around and says that the lawyers are calling her crying, saying we have to do something about this. Mm. And she's like, what am I going to do? Mm. And I'm like, you can't say you're so removed from the from his, oh my God, law agency? Is that what law it firm? is? Oh my God, I'm a law fucking firm. idiot today. Wow. No, you're just in the industry, <laughs> honey. It's an agency. <laughs> people watch sports and they're like okay so is it the finale and we're like yeah it's the championship yeah that's <laughs> I guess me with a legal firm um he and so I I just don't buy that you can be like I had no idea that there was a problem with his law firm but also his lawyers were calling me crying like that doesn't make sense and then the second thing is that she said is this thing that she said which is um I, you know, he, the last, the last we heard about this is like, he's washing his hands of me. He's like, you want to leave your on your own, your own, you're dead to me. And now she's saying like, he calls me every day, which is so strange. And there's a third thing that I forgot as I was talking, but maybe I'll remember <laughs> it. <laughs> well, no, I, there's yeah, clearly so many things. I also love that you pointed out the crying lawyer phone call because I wrote that down too. listen. Tom Girardi is not the first old white guy in an extremely powerful position, whether it's in a publicly traded or a private company or anything of the sort that has started to lose grip with reality and hasn't wanted to change his position of power, right? There's mm -hmm. systems in place in companies of every size and of every nature for this type of protocol, for this exact instance. When the head of a law firm would get is starting to get delusional. It's not like the lawyers are like, what do we do? And they start yeah. crying and calling his wife. There are steps. There are boards. There's people with voting power. Yeah. There's people who are going to take you out. And there's an entire protocol that exists. That's not how business works, Erica. And we're not fucking dumb. And certainly nobody in court in a room full of lawyers and people who work in the judicial system are going to buy that like, oh no, this was all just crumbling because nobody knew what to do about Tom. There's systems in place for that. And they work like, this is crazy. That's so, it's so insane to think that, uh, that his colleagues would call you crying. Yeah. Right. Like maybe <laughs> if someone was calling you as a friend, if someone was like, I, I hate to see this happen to my mentor, to my boss, like I wanted to reach out to you, see if you're okay. But to be like, what do we do? Yeah fucking right Erica I'm not a fucking idiot and none of the awesome. people that you're arguing this to are going to be and I and think it's an instance of, of her like not seems like she's just just talking too much like you got to be like girl yeah. slow down and if and 
don't answer every single question. God, I, God love her for doing it. I love all the questions that Garcelle is asking, but I was shocked that Erica is just answering them rapid fire because look where it got her fucking tangled in a web of lies you also have to think that like i think he has family members that work at his law firm um and you you have to think that they think of erica as like a waste of money you know like i'm not to be an asshole but that's just how people with that much money are and that and like they're not going to come to her and be like, we really love you being involved in like the will. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, know? Hard to, like, it's hard to imagine that level of respect. You would hope it would be there for somebody if it was, you know, a, seemed like a legitimate marriage for a very long time. And if someone was worried about their well-being, you would really, really hope. But yeah, as a gambling woman, I'm not like odds are people in that situation do not respect Erica or not reaching out to Erica. Exactly. So let's oh. unpack this like Rinna Instagram post. This is very oh, confusing. Yeah. So essentially Erica like flew off the handle because she thought Garcelle was like trying to have a moment out of telling the group that Paul, that Tom calls Erica every day. And Rinna posted like, I wish you guys would have seen Erica scream at production. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And- so I'm, do you understand? And then there's like some discrepancy about, I went back and watched that scene where she originally told Crystal and Garcelle that um, Tom calls her every day. And there's no footage of her like saying it. It's obviously them walking no. through the desert with like, with the audio over it as if all three of them are having a conversation. So I don't understand like what happened here. Do you get it? I think, so my theory, cause I also watched at least the beginning of the Watch What Happens Live afterwards. And I read a couple more of the Instagram stories um, because this was my whole afternoon while I was sick. <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> I sent you like 50 things. Um, is that- that audio did happen while they, while she thought they were off camera. Right. And I, but I still think she was like in character. I don't think that was a total slip up, but then once they got into the car, Erica said, I, that's not something that I want to be talking about though. Like it, she, I think realized that they were still, it was still somewhat on the record and Garcelle was still getting into the car and supposedly didn't hear Erica say this. It didn't hear Erica's sort of announcement to both production and Garcelle and Crystal. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that anymore. And so the betrayal is even less with Garcelle and more with production because I'm under the impression that Erica yelled at production because she's like, you knew very well what I said in the car and you turned around and told Garcelle to bring this up. Mm, so she said Garcelle for doing it, but then she recognized that Garcelle did have some, what's it like? plausible deniability mm-hmm. <laughs> and knew that it was the production because she knew very well that they heard her so I think that's what Rena is alluding to that they that production set her up to talk about it again on camera this time and that also would explain what if Gar and Crystal says on Watch What Happens Live, like Garcelle, honest to goodness, like didn't hear it. So I think Garcelle just got caught up in like not fucking knowing that she was even being totally used. She had to yeah. know a little bit if she was prompted by production, but I imagine they're prompted by production all the time in like very silly ways that are, you know, not an issue. You try, if they're just like, hey, can you bring up this thing about what, I, like, that's got to happen. Um, but that's that's my understanding of the fight. That's my theory. That's so interesting. And it I to me, it's like such a misstep for her to freak out like that. Like if she had just been, if she if Garcelle told the group that and she was like, I know it's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard to have someone you spent this much of your life with calling you every day and not be not be able to speak with them. It really messes with your mind. But I'm glad I'm not talking to him because he might have done something way worse than I could have ever imagined. And we move on. And it would have been fine. <laughs> but like yeah. instead, she just freaks the fuck out. And now we're all like, oh, this is a ruse and you weren't supposed to say that, you know? But think about like you, like the the scenario that you just painted is you in that one moment covering up a lie right and you're like oh okay. it's just as easy as this Erica here you go like that 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 moment of her covering up a lie is every single moment of her life for the last like four months 
in this yeah. day, on this day, you know, like, so you're just going to, ha- you are going to slip up every once in a while, because just statistically speaking, your brain can't be operating at that level of deceit a hundred percent of the time and always be successful. It seems so. Yeah. It seems like such a major slip up and we're watching this being like, no, but she's just, I don't know how I would be able to stay sane and keep a story straight when so many people I'm talking to like, and, and what, what kind of, she has to be playing a completely different character for her lawyers. Like yeah. based on who she's talking to, the amount of code switching is so crazy. Like I completely agree. This was such a huge misstep, but I totally see how it happened. She's unraveling. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. And also, yeah, it just seems like she did, you know, I don't know, man. It's, you can't, I can't, I guess you can't understand like what it's like to be under that kind of pressure until you are like legal battles are really stressful, but it just seems like if you didn't do anything, then you wouldn't have these problems. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Yeah, it's, it, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> more and more of these slip ups, I'm like, bitch, you're a bad person. I hate it. I hate to say uh, it. But yeah, but I did really enjoy hearing, first of all, Sutton seems like she's about to be a star on this show. Like, she is like, I'm very rich and I know when rich people do bad things and I don't want to be around Erica, which is a very interesting perspective to see. Um, mm. I really enjoyed her talking about the forensics team. Oh like, yeah. I loved that. She was like, that's like Turks and Caicos money. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so dirty. <laughs> These people are so rich. It's so crazy. Um, and then Kathy Hilton and Erica having the most unlikable conversation ever being like, I travel the world a lot and I don't remember where all my houses are. Like, can you oh, imagine? absolutely insane yeah that was not a good look I just I've been told that we have a house in La Quinta and Sutton being like you buy things sometimes you don't know about them I didn't know that I had two minor league baseball teams until my divorce so now I pay attention to that stuff and I'm like Jesus Christ that's insane I cannot imagine being that rich and not having those conversations do you even see your husband like no. It's so bonkers. <laughs> I like, I cannot imagine. I would be so mad. I'd be like, you spent a d- you did research. You spent enough time. You cared enough to buy a minor league baseball team. You then liked it so much. You went and bought another one. Two. And never in, <laughs> never in the time did you turn to your wife and go, do you know, it's a, actually a hobby of mine, minor league baseball teams. <laughs> You never went to any game. Like, how does that not come up? How does that not come up? Do you guys just not speak to each other ever? I would be like so confused and betrayed. Yeah, these people are so fucking rich. And it is, I mean, this is like, this is some of the hardcore, juicy Real Housewives stuff that I love though. You know, this is like back in the first few seasons of Beverly Hills where it was just a competition to see who had the most fuck you money. It's so like, you know, um, what's her face's clear fridge to me. How am I forgetting her name? Oh, Yolanda. Yolanda. It's like Yolanda's (laughs) fucking fridge. You know, it's just like, it's excess and it's just so fun to watch even when it is incredibly unlikable. It's so funny because they're getting mixed in with like, I think the new version of House is like it's fake rich people who are about to be taken down by the FBI which is what we're kind of seeing with Erica but then it's like there are actually really like psychotically rich women on this show and watching like Kathy and Erica like comfort each other about like not having any idea how to use the bank is like so yeah. funny <laughs> I don't know how to use a bank. I like, is it Garcelle that was like, girl, you have to be able to do these things for yourself. Like you've yeah. just, that you should never reach. And then of course, Kathy Hilton steps in and is like, it's okay, I don't. And she goes, Erica, just give yourself some time. And I'm like, that's <laughs> horrible advice. So she needs more time not knowing how to go to a bank, how to like write a check. Like, I just, I don't, it's, that's not good advice. Do not turn to Kathy Hilton in this time, unless you're asking for a free room in a hotel. Like that is just no good. By the way, Garcelle is like also psychotically rich. She's been a very famous actress for so long. She was married to like a partner at CAA. Like if she knows how to use the bank and like, it just tells you what level of wealth you have to get to, to not know how to use the bank anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blown away. Just blown away. So funny. Um, What a fun episode. 
I loved it. And I wanted you to know if we were ever out and on a trip and you called and asked me for straws and chia seeds, I would do my best, but probably still just bring you back a straw. <laughs> you would definitely find a way though. You're very good at that kind of I stuff. I would try. You, I would try. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Potomac? Cause I had, I got a kick out of a couple of things this week. Yes. Tell me. Uh, first of all, my favorite thing about our new housewife, Mia, is that she has no fucking clue what she's saying at any time. I love when a housewife <laughs> yeah. just inserts words into sentences thinking that they're smart. Like, she'll be like, well, this, this word is a pretty long version of sort of the word I'm looking for. My favorite example is when she's apologizing for, like, her tone when she's talking to Wendy. And she goes... I will try with my deliverance to be better, uh, but I will not be stipulated and dictated and to be explicitly told what to do. I watched it like three times. It's so good. I will try with my deliverance to be better is just hilarious. And you're talking to Wendy who has like more degrees than anybody in the world. But I love the confidence of just making shit up and like inserting big words. And then (laughs) when your back is against the wall going, how many businesses do you have? Because you own a lot of chiropractic franchises, which is also the weirdest, funniest thing. I don't know. I'm just getting like a big kick out of her. I think that she's so silly. I don't know how long she's going to last in this group. I don't think she's like really, really clicking, but I am at the comedy I think is pretty great. And then I also had a hypothetical for you. Okay. So you write a feature that you love. Let's say I'm involved. We write a feature that we love. We're both really excited about it. Uh, We're pitching it and there seems to be no bites. And then we finally get a bite from like a really big financier. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the answer is yes. <laughs> Michael Darby. Michael Darby wants to make our movie. <laughs> the answer what you is doing? we cannot sign a contract fast enough. Okay. <laughs> that the answer is I don't even care if we're implicated in fraud or if we owe money back to investors. We are going to hang out with Michael Darby on set and have him scream at us about the script. Just oh to my get God. I just want to hear his notes. Like that's all, you know. I hate his like, I, I just want to get into the movie business. It's like <laughs> gross, gross, dude. What do you mean? It's also so disgusting to just see a fucking old white dude be like, I actually have so much money. I think I'm going to go ahead and make movies. It's like, no, uh. God, no. And even Ashley's like, what the fuck, man? Like that's, that's like a thing. You would have to be at least somewhat creative. You have to have so many different relationships. Like, can you just like not? And he's like, wow, what a bitch. And it's like, I can't, I can't. She's like 10 months and like three weeks pregnant. Like he's like, he's like, okay, I'm going to tell my wife who's like literally like overdue and is about to like birth our baby on my stupid fucking stone and glass, like centerpiece in my apartment that I'm going to start giving our money away to finance movies, which like, yeah, don't worry about it. COVID it has totally made all movies profitable. They definitely screen in theaters after you spend a bunch of money on them. It's like, can you literally imagine if your husband said that to you right as you're about to have a baby? I'd be like, do you know how much this thing is going to cost that's coming out of me? Like, fuck off. It's also so crazy that they go to a restaurant with their baby bag and just like order chicken lollipops and like wait for her (laughs) water to break. Like that feels like such a weird thing to do. But yeah, I would absolutely lose my mind. I would lose my freaking mind. And it's so reasonable for her to be like, can we, are you serious, dude? And then he's like, but it's my dream. It's like, no, it's not. You're just weird and want to bring something up. It's bizarre. Be I don't, yeah, I don't know what the normal thing to do is when you're that pregnant. I know that there's like a salad in LA. Have you heard this? There's a salad in LA that you're supposed to eat if you're like way past your due date and you want to like initiate the birth. Have you heard of that? No. Oh my God. A it's like salad? a, yeah, I think it's like an eighties, like folklore thing that my parents know about. And I think it's like an industry thing too. I've heard people talk about it. So there's this one restaurant that's like very famous for like inducing 
pregnant women who are past their due date. And I don't know what it is about it, but like people come in and order the salad all the time. Ew. <laughs> yeah. That makes me not want to go to that restaurant though. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is funny because uh, my good friend Jenna is checking into the hospital today to have her Ooh, baby. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, Jenna. So no salad or nothing, just right on the clock and just, you just go and you check in, you make an appointment and then you pop out a baby. Wow. Um, which is exciting. I know. So cute. Um, so cute. Well, hopefully her child will be able to pass their driver's license test. I'm like, Jason's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> and it's the written test too. Uh, like, come on. I get maybe not passing one written test, but not passing like the written <laughs> test, like four or five. It seems so brutal. And I, I felt so bad for her that it's like, I remember I didn't pass my first written exam and mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed. I didn't even tell, I didn't tell anyone and mm-hmm. the idea of having to go on national TV and not pass it for like the fourth time and making a big scene about it is awful. And they all thought she was joking when she first like told them she failed. It was so sad. <laughs> oh, no. Kicking her while also, she's down. Having your mom, who is Giselle, be like, okay, we better luck next time. Like rolling her eyes. Like what's wrong with my kid? Like she's a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah. It not, I would not so cast upsetting. Giselle as my mom in that moment. No. For sure. No, Absolutely no, no, no. not. Should we talk about Roan? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you like Fireball? Oh, I love Fireball. Okay, great. Interesting. Do you like it or I hate it. I hate it. It was one of the first things I threw up to, so I just like can't have it anymore. So the obsession with Fireball amongst this cast always like makes my stomach rumble. Um, Yeah, I think if you have a bad experience with it, that's it's like it's a real roulette. You know, there's these drinks that you start drinking when you're too young and you're not really supposed to be drinking and you don't know how to drink. And whatever one you have makes you vomit first is the one you'll never have again for the rest of your life. So, yeah, that's totally understandable. It's like a Hogwarts house. It's just a matter of which one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, let's talk about Roni real quick. Um, I have cashed checks for seven cents from SAG for my residual. (laughs) So the idea of Sonia losing a check for $2,000 because it's an insult made me vomit in my mouth. Um, I will say that while I do hear you, um, (laughs) I, and I do feel like you're on Garab's side now, which is a little problematic. I do think that the best, most delightful use for people like Ramona Singer is when you're friends with them and they're going to come in and scream at someone in a business sense about how they're ripping you off. Like that was very enjoyable for me to see Ramona be like, no, 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 you can't push me around because I have no human feelings and I'm going to call you out for taking $60,000 out of money that was supposed to be fucking Sonia's. Okay. Like show us the books. Like them screaming, show us the books. So good. <laughs> Show us the bugs. No, love the scene. I know there's clearly some wrongdoing from like taking advantage of this woman who is being loopy about it. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta, yeah, bring in Ramona. But also when Ramona's off duty, like Sonia, you gotta figure this shit out. You gotta be on top of it. Especially when there seems to be a lot, a lot of financial fires around her. And now I'm going girl, cash your checks, cash your checks and ask for the books from everybody and like really budget and look at shit. I don't know, but it was definitely a pretty classic. It was a good Ramona scene too, after several, several bad Ramona scenes. I'll I'll give her that as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it definitely does because the the red flag to me is him being like, okay, we'll give you like the tax, um, you know, documents. And it's like, when you, but by the time you file your taxes, you've already written off every single possible expense so that you don't show a profit. Like that's the point of being a rich person who does taxes with a business. So like, that's so fucking shady that you would even say that to her on camera. Rob is the next house. So I have to get investigated. (laughs) Yeah. I was a little bit like this guy. It's insane that he even agreed to be on camera in this context. Like this is a full Erica Jane moment he's having like, bro, don't go on camera. You're clearly scamming this woman. Do not don't. Uh, yeah. How funny also is Sonia lying about hooking up with that guy? God, what, why is she doing that? I don't know. I wonder, I mean, (laughs) 
it because it was gonna have to come back up like at the reunion like this guy could have easily posted something that's like no i didn't she was making a real meal out of it it was it would be more believable to me or more understandable to me if she was like been just like making sly jokes about it but to be so overt and to bring it up several times it's like why what's the point sonia you're gonna get caught and you did yeah it's very i don't know maybe she just feels like that's where her value comes it's very confusing to me i'm like why why would you blatantly lie about something that's so easily disproved like that they yeah. have a video of you like that doesn't make any sense i don't know yeah she was drunk and drunk and silly and wanted a yeah. funny story <laughs> i guess also we got leah's brother do you think he's cute what do you think of him yeah yeah i think he's okay. cute he seems like pretty more normal than yeah. both of the girls will tell you that she was like he's yeah. my mom's favorite and i was like well he seems like just like an easier pill to swallow I'll, that's, that's my impression <laughs> oh, of him no. <laughs> he, just, wow. he seems more mellow and like I just not as much of a character. I love Leah and I I think her sister is also good TV, but they're they're like kooky kids for sure. So he seemed a yeah, little bit more normal. Like they would really run you ragged as they have their mom. You know, yeah. when you look at her, she's pretty ragged. <laughs> <laughs> um, also so much Judaism on this season and it's like making me uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable with the fact that Ebony's boyfriend was like, I have to marry someone who's Jewish and I don't even want you to convert. Uh, that feels very problematic to me. And I yeah. think she was very gracious and being like, I think he didn't realize like what he really wanted at the end of the day. So, you know, I'm not in their relationship, but mm, flag on the play for me. And then I think it's scary that it looks like Ramona is straight up coming for the Jews next week. <laughs> I almost texted okay. you that I watched Roni in the middle of the day and I almost texted you it while you were working being like yo Ramona is straight up coming for the Jews and I was like if I text her that out of context she's gonna be so distracted so I'll just let her watch it in her own time <laughs> but her yeah. being like I was bullied by the Jewish kids I'm like I'm not here for this I am really not I uh the good news is like I feel like all Jews have so much practice in like anti-Semitism conversations. So I feel mm. like whoever is Jewish on the show next week, they'll be totally fine. They can take Ramona. She's an idiot. Um, but yeah, I, uh, and then I'm also like, I don't know, this whole Leah converting to Orthodox Judaism, it scares me. So I hope, I hope everything's okay. And I hope it's mm. like a more modern version of Orthodox Judaism. And, uh, but, you know, she seems to be getting a kick out of it, and she's a strong lady, so hopefully it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good for her, we hope. <sighs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to go do ADR for episode 10 of Dave because they're still Exciting. working on episode 10 of Dave. Dave Bird is putting in, like, 23-hour days at this point. It's crazy. Yeah. We, we should not have released the episodes this early. I will say that. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel very bad for him. If anybody, anybody out there is enjoying Dave, please send nice thoughts to Dave Bird because I don't know how he'll survive. Um, but this was wonderful. What a gift this week. Gave us so many juicy things. And, um, yeah. Oh, and... We have a very exciting uh, episode for next week that I'll just tease exactly like that. I won't even tell you the deets, but we'll be posting about it on Instagram and we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Oh, wow. I truly was just going to say what it is. It's a thing. No. And I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease one thing. I think we're going to have some pictures. Yeah, we'll have okay. good pictures. We'll have good pictures. <laughs> so everyone, if you don't follow us on Instagram, please go follow Table Flipping Podcast. You're going to want to see what the fuck we're doing next week. Because it's fierce as fuck. It's pretty cool. Bye. It's way cooler than anything I've ever done.